Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. And a very special welcome if anyone is visiting us this morning. Please stay and have a cup of tea or coffee with us at the end of the service. We are delighted to welcome BMS missionary Christine Kling uh, to our service this morning. Now, you'll remember that Christine, who was on placement with us uh, a couple of years back, is now working as a pastor in the Ile de France, just south of Paris. And Christine will be speaking to us about her work later in the service. And in honour of Christine being with us today, you'll note we have a retiring offering for the work of BMS. Our call to worship this morning is one that is used by, I think, every mission organisation in the world. It comes from Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim the Lord? And how are they to proclaim the Lord unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Our opening hymn of praise this morning celebrates the wonder of creation and the God who is behind it all. Sing for God's glory that colours the dawn of creation. If you're able, you're invited to stand as we sing. Oh 
And so we come to God in prayer. Uh, our, our sort of prayer, the gathering prayer that I'm using this morning is quite short. So you can't have a sleep today. <laughs> and then, of course, as is usual, we will join together in saying the Lord's Prayer in the form and language that feels the most natural for each one of us. So let's come to God together in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather today on this bright, wintry morning, your beloved and precious children, together made in the image and likeness of the invisible God in whom we trust. Saving Jesus, we gather today in this hotel room, those who have heard the good news stories of your life, teaching, death, and resurrection. God in human form, like us and for us, defeating the power of sin and death. Untamable spirit, we gather today, some of us full of energy, some of us unbelievably tired, some of us just in between. Each and all of us seeking the freshness and enthusiasm only you can supply. Triune God, loving us into being, seeking us even before we are aware of our lostness, supplying us with energy and hope for each new day, we offer our praises and our prayers in the name of Jesus and join our voices together in the ancient prayer he modelled for those who would be his friends. As we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
So today we're very delighted to have Christine with us and she's brought us a gift. She's brought some chocolate, so that will make her popular with everybody. It might even double the donations to BMS, who knows? Anyway, we can share these chocolates after the service. So thank you very much for Christine for bringing those. Christine, I wonder if you'd like to come and join me. If you can yep. use that one. Yep. I'm going to interview Christine and ask her some questions. So we're going to start off with what I hope is a fairly easy one, and that is what is your favourite food? So my favourite French food. Oh. I mean. Okay, that's fine. Any food, <laughs> any food, French food. So uh, I think my favourite food is cheese. So. <laughs> any particular kind of cheese? I think no, uh, any sort of cheese. Any sort of cheese. Yeah. Okie dokie. And what is your favourite film? So I had to think about that. That was a very complicated question. So I went with The Life is Beautiful of Roberto Benigni. What do you think? Did you see it? <laughs> yes, some people know that one. Yep. Now, I'll let you into a secret. She was watching James Bond last night. <laughs> I, was, I was sorting out some stuff, and I came into the living room, and there she was with James Bond on. And then I think she realised that so watching that in front of a minister is interesting. But it, we, had a, we had a good laugh, didn't we, Christine? What is your favourite hymn or worship song? Yeah, another quite difficult question. So, yesterday, when I was in the plane, I came with, Hear his love, vast as the ocean. Oh, yes. Good Welsh one. Yes. Yep. Here is love fast as, as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. Where the God of life my ransom gave for me his precious blood. Help me out here, Jeff. There we go. Much better in Welsh. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, and what is your favourite story about Jesus? So, one of my favourite stories about Jesus, and I might need some help for the children. It's a story of the blind, blind Bartimaeus. Do you know this story of the blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus, do you know that story? In Mark 10. <coughs> yeah. oh, they probably do, but they might not recognise it. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. quite an amazing story of this blind man, you know, calling Jesus in the streets. Jesus, Jesus, he's calling. I need you, yes. It's yeah. very persistent. Yes, it's a good story, isn't it? Bartimaeus is a blind beggar. Rachel's nodding away. Rachel remembers it. <laughs> and he calls out and, and Jesus helps him. Fantastic. We've been thinking quite a lot about Jesus growing up, so that's, it's good to think about our favourite Jesus stories. Um, you've been back in France for about three years now? Three years now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you miss the most about Scotland? Oh, I miss quite a lot, to be honest, about Scotland. I think uh, I miss... Uh, I would say the friendship, first of all. Um, I miss um, some sort of openness of mind. Uh, the respect also people could have to one another. It's a very, Scotland is a very multicultural country, but I think uh, you feel always very well accepted in this mm -hmm. country. So I miss, I miss all that. That's good, so that's some nice encouragement. Thank you. And what's the best thing about being back in France? Yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult question to be honest because uh, when I moved to France, I had to let behind a lot of things, to let behind you know a job because I was moving to France to take a new job, and I moved to France to new places, so I had to let behind friends and uh, the family of places. 
So I still, you know, trying to find out a little bit, you know, my Co way. Caught between yeah, two cultures. Yeah, yeah, so to be in between somehow. Yeah. yeah, and I guess there are other people here who will find some echoes of that in their, their own experience. Now we have a picture. Can you tell us who this is and tell us something about them? Yeah, so it's my, it's my dog, Ayla. She's a red Scottish Labrador. Uh, she has a very funny character and particularly now that uh, she's 10 years old so she starts to be a little bit of a old lady uh, but she's a very good companion and she's a very good missionary dog because she likes meeting people so as I walk around the park in the morning I can meet many ladies and we could start to have a very good chat um, and she has a lot of friends in France and she loves, and she loved, the action team. As you may know, we had the action team for three months, and she was fully in love with the action team. I think it was due to the fact that they had some sort of British accent I do not have. <laughs> because what the thing is that Isla actually speaks English. Yeah, she speaks. With a Scottish accent. Yeah, with a Scottish accent. <laughs> okay, and lastly, can you just tell us a little bit about how your church works with children and young people? Yeah, so, so far we have not really started you know, to work with children and young people. We have a, an English club for children, uh, but it's sort of a outreach. Yeah. So that's in our vision, but unfortunately we have not yet you know, started any work in this area. So that's a topic for pre But actually by having the English club, you are, that is a work, yeah, isn't it? So yeah. it's reaching out in, yes. in, in Christ's love to share with, with people. Now you've brought a song for us to sing, a, a beautiful French song, um, and we would like you if you could just read it over for us, um, because I, I think some of us, it's a long time since we did any French, so it's just helpful to remind ourselves of the pronunciations, and if you can just give us the sense of it, we don't need it a full translation, but the sense of it for those who don't speak any French. So that, that's a song from a, a French musician, a French Christian musician. We do not have many French you know, Christian musicians in France. And for the story, this song you know, was included in the order of service of my church this morning. So they, they sang the church a little bit earlier, without one hour difference. So the song, what the song is, is telling us is that I will follow the Lord and my master and I will stay close to him. Uh, and nothing can stop me here. And, uh, and, I, will, and, and I will follow you know, the, song of his, the sound of his voice. And uh, I will live from, uh, from his grace and happiness and from uh, the love that he gave to me. And, uh, and it's, a, it's at the wish of my soul. And uh, one, you know, one small moment with him, uh, it's worse than any other things. And uh, what I like is to say, to stay, you know, with him. And I will follow my Lord and my Master, and will always stick to his feet. So in French, je suivrai mon Seigneur et mon Maître sans jamais m'éloigner de ses pas, sans que rien ni si bas ne m'arrête et sans rien que le chant de sa voix. Je vivrai de bonheur et de grâce, de l'amour que son cœur m'a donné, et que rien, ici bas, ne l'efface, c'est le vœu de mon âme assoiffée. Un seul instant auprès de toi, 
vaut bien les heures et la route, tout pour autant que ce soit toi qui m'accompagne au parvis de ta joie. And so, je suis vraiment Seigneur de mon Ok. First reading from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 52, and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. 
he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. And then in Acts, we read of Saul's Damascus Road experience. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you'll be told what to do. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him for they didn't believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles and described for them how on the road he had seen the Lord who had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them in Jerusalem speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, but they were attempting to kill him. When the believers learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea, sent him off to Tarsus. Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and was built up living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Amen. Saul, Saul, a clever and well-educated Pharisee, was a man on a mission. He wanted to stop this cult, the way. Speaking of Jesus as the Messiah, 
the son of God. He was the zealous one, the one walking the extra mile, the fearless man. Soul, why do you persecute me? Like a cry in the wilderness, the voice of the victims, a voice Saul never heard before and took him by surprise. Who are you? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus, the crucified. God raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Perhaps Saul remembered these words of Peter and the apostles. Jesus was here speaking out for his church. The body of Christ, as Paul will call it later <coughs> in his epistles. God could not stay silent and absent when his church was under suffering. He had to break the doors of the jails, open the eyes of all the blind. We are 20 or 30, depending on the week, gathering in one of the rooms of St. Paul, an economic place, something not usual in France. Catholic, Protestant, and Baptist, every year we read together one book of the Bible. And this year we read the Book of Acts. We set apart our theological differences to learn together. Many in France will be very critical, if not against this approach. But do we have another option? Do we have to stay firm on our position and show the image of complexity and division in a society which have, which have lost all contact with the Christian faith. By many aspects, uh, French society is like the pagan Greek culture in which Paul would be sent. A culture with many gods, and I tried to find the name of some of them. For example, consumerism, hedonism, a very difficult one to pronounce, esotericism, individualism. And despite so many gods, none of them managed to bring happiness to the French, a country with a sad record of the highest consumption of antidepressants. Laicity, French secularism, is not the absence of the religious. It is a freedom of religious belief to cut our president, Emmanuel Macron. But for many in front, it is not their understanding. And under the pressure of radical Islam, 
They would like to put to end all public colleges' expression, not realizing how much of our culture is deeply rooted in Christian values and history. How to proclaim the good news when the church is often synonym of scandals, obscurantism, violence, and outdated moral rules in a very liberal context. Most of the French are what Stuart Murray called pre-church, people without prior experience of church, for whom church culture is alien and church language incomprehensible, pre-churched people. So the church in France has no option than to meet people where they are and to make the best of every or each opportunity. Despite the fact that we at Chief Surivet are a very tiny church and perhaps more a house group than a church, our ambition is to be one of the actors of the city and to connect with many people as possible. And I will share with you a couple of stories. So the first thing, French-like culture. In September, like many other churches across France, we organized an exhibition about the 15th anniversary of the death of Nathan Luther King. And we did that in partnership with the Catholic Church so we could use the chapel. That's uh, what you could see on the top left. So you could see, you know, the part of the exhibition and the lady on the front is my colleague, you know, Rosemary Halliday. You perhaps know her. And the Catholic Church not only, you know, help us uh, with the exhibition, but also help us to communicate about uh, this exhibition. On the same theme, so racism and civil rights, we organize at the local cinema the projection of a movie, Black Clansman. I don't know if you saw this movie. It's a very good one. Followed by a discussion. What you could see on the right side of the picture, you, you could see me on the front with my colleague, Philippe Halliday, and we are welcoming people, you know, at the cinema. And finally, with the support of uh, a local association, we had a conference about the history and legacy on Martin Luther King. Many people were not aware that Martin Luther King was a Baptist minister. For most of the French people, they were aware as uh, he was a, you know, person involved uh, in civil rights, but they, had, they, didn't, they didn't know that this person had some Christian connections. So they learned a lot about Martin Luther King. So it was a, a month full of events, and we probably reached out around 200 people who previously had no contact at all with church. And we had all sorts of discussions with these people. Some were more profound than others. But we know that it was only one of the first steps of a very long process. In June, uh, we started an English club for adults. And you, you could see a picture of this uh, uh, English club on the, on the right. 
Uh, and uh, that's a picture we took with the uh, action team. So after a couple of months of running with an this English club, we have something like four to six people on the Friday. And um, after the initial resistance or concern of people, I have the sense that now there's a sense of trust, you know, between these people um, and us. And the action team was absolutely fantastic in helping us running uh, this club. And they also help us to start an English club for the children on the Wednesday. And that's the, the picture you, you could see here. So you could see some, some of the children you see, and that's Esther uh, teaching a little bit of uh, English to these uh, children. So one of our challenges now is, uh, is not only about how maintaining this English club, because for that we need obviously uh, some volunteers. I, I can do everything by my own. But uh, we need also to bring perhaps a new energy and a new vision into this club. So the idea with this club is when people start to belong to our network, we can then invite them to come to what we call a Saturday coffee chat. So that's a Saturday evening service uh, designed for people without any sort of church culture. So we, for example, we take a theme and we will uh, introduce these themes to music, not necessarily Christian music. And then uh, we will speak about this theme uh, on a, what I call the, the pastor's perspective. And I will try to share uh, the Christian message for people having no knowledge at all about the Bible. Uh, another place of reach out is, is a running club. So as you perhaps know, in 2018, I trained for Manhattan. So the 42 kilometers. And uh, the idea behind was for me to being part, to be a part of this comu community, which is uh, the local running club. So we trained hard during a couple of months and 18 of us went to La Rochelle. So it's a city in Brittany for the weekend. And we, we went to, to run the marathon. So you, you could see some members of, of the running club over there. Uh, some of the ladies and uh, and the, in the middle, the guy with hat, it's our coach, Christian, is a, is a lovely man. Uh, so it was really the opportunity for good and open discussion because uh, it was, we had time, it was a more relaxing, uh, you know, atmosphere. The members from the running club come from very different social backgrounds, but none of them have a, a connection with the church. Um, some might have grown up in a Catholic family, but they gave up of church, you know, as their teenage years. So they never met a woman pastor and chaplain, and on top of that in a running suit. <laughs> so they have all sorts of questions for me. So for example, so what, you know, Protestants do believe, or they questions, uh, how to become a pastor. Uh, what do we do? They speak about mass, mass, because they believe that we do mass and they don't know about service and mass. Uh, they have questions about resurrection and reincarnation. So that could be very interesting. So a lot of good discussion uh, with these people. And, and I do hope as they, they start to know me better, I could be some sort of you know, chaplain for the running group. Another place uh, of uh, our outreach uh, is a care home. 
So a place where we try to share the hope and the compassion of Jesus. So the care room is run by a Protestant associations, which means there is more openness on religious topic. So most of the elderly in this care home uh, suffer of dementia or other mental illness. So sometimes it could be quite a, you know, a sad, a sad place. And very few of these elderly had some interest uh, in religion during their life. In fact, many of them were, you know, atheists. So for them, death is, is the end of the journey. So they in the same time, you know, desire of that, but it's a lot of fear of what that could mean, you know, death. So in this place, with the chaplaincy and the volunteers, we try to bring joy and we try to bring peace. And we are also helping people to maintain a social link, you know, a relationship to others. And it takes quite a lot of energy, a lot of persuasion, and a lot of creativity. But music is one of her best tools. So the elderly like singing, not the old hymns. They don't know any of the hymns, uh, but what do they like? You know, that's the French popular songs, you know, speaking of romance and the French good life, like La Vie en Rose. So <laughs> nothing really profound, but you know, they do enjoy that. So the energy and the joy of the action team, you know, warm up the old hearts of the residents. And, uh, and with the bigger team, so with the support of the action team, I was able to offer more uh, to the care home, like, for example, a, a Christmas party with games and carols. And that's us, you know, doing the, the Christmas party. So most of the residents who are present at this Christmas party are some families, staffs, and volunteers. And so a pastor with a Christmas hat uh, leading a Christmas party was not something people had, had seen before. So, so Absi absolutely enjoyed that. So we had fun, and there were really a sense of joy and a sense of grace uh, during this afternoon. So Christmas uh, is one of the busiest time of the year for the churches in the UK. It is not as much in France due to the fact that it's a very secular country. But sometimes being counter-cultural is a good thing to do because uh, you, know, you could be more visible through that and have a deeper impact. So with the support of the action team, we put uh, together a musical event we called a Noel So British. So <laughs> we played, you know, on the, on the British aspect of this Noel. So we, we had Christmas songs uh, in English, a very traditional one. Uh, we had the pass, the parcel came, and, and we had to teach to people, you know, the game because they didn't know it. Uh, we had uh, an activity play with uh, two very famous puppets because we had Kate and William. Uh, and, and then uh, we had Christmas Carol. Uh, and, and at the end, we had time to reflect and, uh, and to speak about solidarity and peace because um, with uh, this Christmas event happened at a time where there were a lot of violence on the streets due to the yellow vest protest. 
So we wanted to, to come together at the end, at least you know, at one human being, if not let at one is in Christ. So we worked hard. Uh, yes, I don't know if you could see it a bit, but the, the action team, you know. So we worked very hard to advertise the, the event, you know, singing on the streets market, giving leaflets under the cold and the rain to people on a sad mood uh, due to the Yellow Vest protest. But, but we made it. So despite a bad weather, around 80 people, 80 people attended the event. Uh, some we met, you know, on the market. Some who never went to the church before, despite 20 years of uh, living nearby. And we had very good uh, uh, discussion after on tea and coffee uh, and cakes. And it was very, very interesting uh, to hear the feedback of the people. And now most of them were pleased about, uh, you know, this uh, Christmas event. You know, Stuart Murray, to come back to this author, uh, in the, his book, Church After Christian Dome, speaks about the three B. Belong, believe, behave. And how we may have to revisit the meaning of these words for a post-Christendom context. And I do believe as we share our lives, we hit with people, we have fun with them, we listen to them, we care about them, their perspectives about church change. And it is a first and a very important step. They start somehow to belong to something. And I do believe that God is still calling people in a very surprising way as he called Paul. She described herself as a secular fundamentalist, a true atheist, denouncing what she called religious obscurantism. As a researcher in genetics, she had a busy life, managing a career and a family, but was looking for some sense of peace. She went to a meditation classes. It is a very popular thing in France. And during one of his meditation classes, something happened. Something a rational mind could not understand. But she experimented a great sense of peace and joy she never had before. She started to speak to everyone about the benefits of meditation, but none of the persons she met, including people practicing meditation since many years, had a similar experience. One day, she decided to read the monthly newsletter of the local Catholic church, the church I work with, and she found the testimony of a new Christian convert. And she realized that perhaps it was God, the God of the Christian she had encountered during this meditation class. She grew up in a secular Jewish family. She knew the God of the Torah, a God about rules and laws. She didn't know about grace. 
So she started to read the Bible, the Gospel of John. She met Christian people, Catholic and Protestant, and they all advised her to contact a local church. And one day, she sent me an email. So we had a coffee together. And our story was very similar to mine. Our story was making perfect sense to me. And I could hear God telling me, you're here in this secular place for a good reason. So after 50 months in this church, as if we have now two new Christians converts, both with a similar story, Audrey and Leah, who became a Christian in Switzerland as she was studying at the local university. Like Audrey, she didn't have any Christian background. And all is new for them, the church culture, the church language, everything. And so at the end of January, we baptized Leah and Audrey. So the church didn't have baptism for probably 15 years. And both gave a fantastic and wonderful testimony to their friends and families. Some of their families at first were not quite sure if we were not a cult. But they all had change of mind at the end of the service. So like in the first century of the church's life, we have to tell again the full gospel story. Not expecting that people might have any sort of knowledge about the Bible. And we need to start with the God of Genesis, God the creator, who is always doing new things. I spoke about the three B, belong, believe, and there is a third one, behave. Behave when your families, your friends, and your personal history have nothing to do at all with Christianity requires a full change of life. And I believe requires a church living under God's grace. In uh, this chapter nine of Acts we read before, at the end, you know, after Saul had this uh, encountering with God, he then returned to Jerusalem. So when Saul, the new convert, arrived at Jerusalem, despite he already preached the gospel in a very, very persuasive way, he was rejected by the church. They were afraid of him. And the church could be like that. The church could be reluctant to welcome the new believer, the outsider. And we need people like Barnabas, encouraging others. People who will speak in the name of the new convert. People who will discern their potential and their gift. At the end of this chapter nine, there is this amazing verse. Luke is telling us, and the church was in peace. Yes. Saul, the persecutor, was no more here. It was no Paul, 
the evangelist, the church planter. But the persecution was still over there. And the risk of division in these new communities never far, as we know. So what was this peace which Luke was speaking about? The peace that only God can give, as per Jesus' word and the Gospel of John. You know, in John 14, Jesus telling to his disciples, Peace, I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You do not be afraid. So peace which comes from the Holy Spirit, a peace which enables us to be bearer of good news and a culture alien to the gospel. A peace which keeps us on the pace of grace, reminding us that despite the difficulties, the obstacles, the mocking, the critics, we are all debtors of God's grace and we are called to live out this grace. As Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 3, also, I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And I will just close now by some prayer point. As Paul is telling us in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so here are some of our prayer prompts. So first of all, we would like to give thanks for the new people who have started to join the church. So when I moved into the church, there were five people. And now on a Sunday, we managed to be between 15 or 20, which I think is, is a good start. And with the people of, you know, new, new Christian convert. We'd like to give thanks for Leah and, and Audrey baptism. That's the first step in their journey of disciples. Uh, both of them have a companion or her husband. Uh, this companion or husband are not really so far, you know, Christ disciples or following Jesus. So we need to pray, you know, for their companion and, and husband. Pray for the, a new vision for the English Cup. Oh, what do we want to do uh, with that? And um, pray for the contacts made through the different activities and, and outreach. How we might be able to invite these people perhaps to some of our church events or activities. And pray for unity and peace because it's probably one of the most important things in the church life, as you all may know. I think there is something in terms of when we all live in unity and peace, 
something that uh, we can witness in the world surrounding us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine. I think that's been really interesting and informative, as, as well as some good messages for us to take on. We're going to sing a hymn now, and I'm going to suggest um, that perhaps you might like to stay seated for this one, because it's quite a prayerful one. It's a hymn which I have to confess I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with. Back in 1997, following my own baptism, when I was feeling that God was calling me to ministry, everywhere I went, this song was being sung. Um, so it is one that speaks quite deeply to my heart, but it is, I think, connecting also with what Christine has shared with us. I, the Lord of sea and sky, whom will I send? Thanks, Leo.
Christine reminded us earlier that there are not a whole lot of original French language worship songs, but there is a strong tradition in the Taizé community. And we're going to sing in English, because I'm not going to force you to sing in French again. But there is a response to our prayers today, which is a Taizé chant, which is printed on the sheet and is also on the screen. And the cue to sing that will be when I say, O oh Lord, hear our prayer. So let us pray together. God of all hope, today we have heard from Christine about the work you have called her to do in France. We marvel at the way you weave together the threads of our lives so that nothing is lost and everything we are and do finds its purpose in the service of your kingdom. We pray for the little congregation at Gif sur Yvette that you would continue to bless and encourage them as they reach out in love and compassion to those around them. Strengthen and empower Christine as she leads and guides her people in the paths you are showing them. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. of all life. We extend our prayers to consider the wider role of BMS World Mission, focusing at their request on the work of creation care. We give thanks for education programmes for pastors and community leaders, praying that the knowledge they gain will be transformative for those they serve. We pray for projects supported by BMS, from sustainable farming and solar energy in Uganda to education in Peru and sustainable electricity in Afghanistan. Give courage, determination and opportunity to all who serve in this way. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. Scottish Baptist family, we're invited to pray especially for prison chaplain John Crabe serving in Polmont, where there is currently a gap in chaplaincy provision and a great need for the compassion and hope it offers to the men there. We pray that a person will be appointed who can bring your loving message of good news to this place. 
And as the Baptist Union of Scotland approaches its 150th anniversary celebrations, we pray for all involved in planning special events and for a clear vision of how we continue to serve you in the future. And this week we name before you Bristow Baptist Church and Brotty Ferry Baptist Church, each trying to reach new people in their own local communities. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. of God's people, sisters and brothers in Christ. We pray for Liz and her partner Douglas, each of them waiting surgery to alleviate debilitating, painful conditions. We are thankful for Liz's quiet presence and her loyal support, especially as part of our Clearing Up team. We pray too for Anne and Brian, who give tirelessly and generously of their time and talents in the life and work of our church and in GRF Christian Radio. Especially we pray for Brian as he seeks to balance the demands of work with various charity trusteeships and for Anne as she balances her work and service with the challenges of a long-term health condition. We are thankful for each of these friends and pray you would strengthen and encourage them in all they do and all they are. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. Lastly, in a few moments of silence, we bring our private prayers for the people and the situations that matter to us, whether local, national or international, and we know that you will listen. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. hope who has heard our prayers help us as we play our part however small in responding in faith love hope 
and peace. Amen. Merciful God, accept these our gifts of money, those we have gathered for our own use here and those we will give specifically for the work of BMS World Mission. Bless all who decide how this money is spent, that it may be for the sharing of the good news of your love, your grace, your faithfulness, your hope, joy and peace. Amen. Our closing hymn begins with some kossa, which I can never say properly because I can't do the gutturals. It means send me. Suma mina, tuma mina, somand la. ever-living God, bless us as we go on our way with hope in our hearts and joy in our lives, that we may be and speak the good news of your love 
wherever we may be, today and every day.